Hey, everybody. What's going on? How are we doing? Thanks for the two of you that responded. Appreciate that. All right. Brad said, I'll be leading us in the second week of our series, Relationship is Greater Than Religion. Last week, uh, Jared did a wonderful job. Um, he talked about our, how our, religion, or our relationship with God is more important than past mistakes. Jared talked about, okay, we have things, problems, mistakes in the past that, that we really, they, they can be bothersome and we can drag them out in front of us. But he really encouraged us to leave those things in the past and move forward um, and really focus on our relationship with God. This week, um, our main point will be moving in to our relationship with God is more important than our present sins and situations. Um, we'll dive into that one second if you guys would just join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have with Oasis, God. It's just an amazing chance for us to get together as a group to worship you and just learn more about you, God, and the opportunity to be with other Christian friends. God, I ask that we have open hearts and, and open ears tonight and that you speak through me and don't let my words get in the way of your message. God, we love you so much. And in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So as we talked about last week, Jared really focused on encouraging us to, to look forward and, and grow in our relationship with God. And that's a very important thing. We have to deal with our past to move forward into, into the future. But for a lot of us, it isn't what happened five years ago or a year ago that's bothering us, that's overwhelming. For a lot of us, it's what's happening right now. It's, it's the problems we have at school, the things we're struggling with at home. Uh, this last summer, I went to a camp called Camp Timberlake. Um, it was an amazing, amazing experience. I was there for three weeks, and it's a Bible camp where we do all the fun camp stuff with the kids. We do the zip lining, uh, swimming, good stuff. But then we also have, every night, um, we would have kids get together for chapel, and they would get together to learn about God. And really amazing to see what would happen throughout camp. However, the downside to camp is you have to deal with seven kids who are running around like crazy, and they all want to go a separate way, and it is exhausting. And I was there for three weeks, and by the end of the third week, I was dead. I was like, okay, time to go home. Um, and so the last night of every week, though, all the kids get together, and we have down on the beach. Um, it's really, really cool. We all sit there on the beach, we sing worship songs, and we listen to the pastor preach. It's really awesome. So this last night, I was walking down with my camp group, and everyone was happy, and then more kids started complaining that he was feeling sick, and I kind of looked at him, and he's the kind of guy who always complains that his stomach's hurting or this or that, so I was kind of like, okay, Brian, that's cool, just come with us, you'll be fine. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, about two minutes later, he decided that he was going to get back at me by vomiting all over the beach. Um, <laughs> so at that point, I decided it was best not to ignore him anymore, and I left the rest of my campers on the beach with some other counselors and brought Brian to the cabin with me. Uh, we got back, and it was kind of dark, uh, so I flipped on the lights, and Brian said, no, 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 I need to lay down and turn off the lights. He was complaining about migraines, and we just turned off the lights and laid in bed for about 15 minutes. So I sat there first, kind of complaining to myself, like, of course, the kid who vomits on the beach is mine, um, and kind of thinking through all that, but uh, the more and more I got through it, I was just like, this is not the worst thing in the world. I was exhausted. I got the chance to down and kind of think about the week and process it. As I was thinking, God really started putting thoughts in my head pretty randomly. They're the kind of thoughts that aren't related at all to what you're thinking, and you know, okay, this, this is not my own doing. God put some ideas in my head. And for about the past four, five, six years, 
um, I'd really been struggling with one set of sins, and I feel a lot of us uh, may be in that same boat. There was one sin that I kind of, okay, I don't think I'm the worst person in the world, but there is this one sin, this one thing that I really struggle with. I keep losing against this sin, keep falling into that temptation. And so I began to think about that, and I kind of got excited because I thought, okay, I've been at, at, at Bible camp for three weeks now, and I, I, I can go home, and I can finally knock this out, finally beat this. But God wasn't going to let me get off the hook that easily. Every second, putting more and more ideas into my head, and he was telling me, Trevor, it's not just that one thing. He began to show me how prideful I am, how uh, many times I don't treat people well, how I'm very selfish, and every second God would put more and more and let me know how sinful and I was. About five minutes later, my little kid must have thought I was crazy because I just started bawling. I started crying. It was overwhelming for me. None of us are perfect, and we all know that, and I knew that as well. But sometimes the sin in our life can just get very overwhelming. I think there's probably three categories of people, of, of ways, of attitudes we have towards sin. There's the first person who says, okay, I know I'm not perfect but I'm a pretty good person. I do most of the right things. I, I don't mess up too often. And that person often feels, okay, I can just do a little, little bit better. I can, you know, I'll, I'll do my best, but I'm a pretty good person. The second person was where I was throughout the first couple of weeks at camp and for the couple of years prior to that. We're the kind of people who go, okay, I'm, I'm not the worst person in the world, but there is this one thing. There are these two things that I just really... If I could beat these, if I could just get rid of these temptations, I'd be good to go. And then there's the third kind of person, the person who struggles because they feel so inadequate. The person thinks, I mess up all the time. I often don't feel worthy of calling myself a Christian. For all three of these groups, we fall into the category of we, we don't feel good, and so we're trying to do better. Sometimes it looks a little different for each person, but the focus goes, okay, if I can just, if I can be a better person, I can be a better Christian, I'll be able to accept myself, and God will accept me. Unfortunately, these ideas don't get us very far. A lot of you, if you've been to church for any amount of time, have probably heard this verse, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We all mess up. Um, if you've been to church for any length of time, you've heard that over and over again. And you're not surprised by this verse in the least. Uh, but if you move on, there's another verse just a little later in Romans that I think fewer of us have heard. It says that one man sinned, and that's not the right one. Um, so <laughs> Romans 5.12 is the one that I want to look at today. And it says that one sinned, and through his mistake, sinful nature spread to all man. It talks about how in our very nature we're sinful. We don't have the ability to not be sinful. It, it, it's deep within us as human beings. Wow, Trevor, this is depressing, right? All I've talked about is how we're all sinful, and it's just natural for us to be sinful. Um, but it, the good thing is, this pretty awesome dude came down to earth a couple years ago and did something about it. All of this, all these sins, it, it doesn't, it, it's not the end of the world because of what Jesus came down and did. When he came down and died on the cross, he gave us an opportunity to, to not to have to be these 
these sinful people all the time. He came down and gave us a chance. Um, these feelings that we have to do right are often a result of being in one of these three categories and having one of these attitudes to sin, these, these I'm not good enough kind of things. Um, if we move on, though, to Romans 3.20, says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sins. This is just an awesome verse. Uh, I'd never heard this one before I'd start researching uh, to get ready for the sermon. But it talks about the point of God's rules. I think a lot of us think that, or maybe it's in the back of our heads that God said, okay, here's these rules. I'm going to give you guys rules. And if you can, you know, we'll see who can follow 50% of them. Who can get, follow the most rules? If you can follow more than you break, you'll be in our good category, not our bad. We're going to use these laws to separate the good people from the bad. But that's not what this verse tells us at all. The reason for the rules and laws is to show us that we are sinners and that we need Jesus. God doesn't use these rules to decide, okay, who, who are the good, the good people? Let's put them over here who are the bad. Laws don't exist to provide us a way to righteousness. They're here to show us that we need Jesus. All the time, I think, I definitely have struggled with this. I, I come to church, I've come for years, ever since I was a, a little boy, I came to church with my parents, and people have repeatedly told me through sermon after sermon, it's all about what Jesus did for you, it's about him dying on the cross, and you have to have faith in him. That's an easy thing to hear, but a lot of times it's very hard to believe. Sometimes we even accept, okay, God God accepts me, I understand that, I've been told that, I, I get it, but it's hard for me to accept myself for some of the things done, sometimes the things that people have done to us, and that can be a very difficult part of our Christian life. Every day we can go home and, or come, come after a church service and say, okay, I know I, I want to be a good Christian, I want to have a good relationship with God, but this is just, it's just in in the way. Um, but the good thing is, the great news is about our works. Um, and although that we've heard that maybe in church many a times, I think that this verse right here says it perfectly. Hebrews 11.6. This verse, when I came across it, I was pretty excited. It's an absolutely amazing verse. And for people who sh have struggled with anything I've said at all today, maybe thinking I'm not good enough, uh, I, I just, I can't quite do it. Memorize it. Stick it on, on your mirror. This, this verse blew me away. So it says, and without, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The first part of this is those without faith are not here to please, cannot please God. So the people who just do good things to do good things, the people who, who perhaps give mo time and money to, to the poor, to the needy, but without God, God is not pleased by that. He says the opposite. Um, he says that, that he, doesn't, he doesn't care <laughs> about those things. Those works we do cannot be used to please God. The way in which we please God is by, and I love these words, the people who earnestly seek him. That's the whole point of our whole series. If that's all you take away from these three weeks, that, that God wants us to earnestly seek him, 
perfect. That is really, really the main, the main point. God says, seek me and I will reward you. It says he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those. He doesn't just say, okay, it's me and, and that'll be good or kind of, you know, be a good person. He says, seek after God and he will reward you. It isn't about the right things we do, and, and that's the whole point of this series, is a lot of times we just fall into that idea, you know, let's do the right thing, but God says, no, 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 don't, don't worry about that. Seek me. God wants to have a relationship with us. And isn't, isn't that kind of crazy when you stop about it? The guy who created the whole world, he made all these little itty-bitty things, and then he, he blew it up. We have the, the, the stars, multiple universes, crazy stuff that God created. And he wants to have a relationship with you. I mean, doesn't that make you just, I mean, that opportunity should make us want to just drop what we're doing and immediately go chase after God. It also says, when it talks about the rewards, you may be wondering, okay, Trent, well, how does God reward us? All throughout the Bible, it talks about God giving us peace and joy through the hard times. I talked about a little bit about how we have trouble with these present sins, these sins that we're dealing with today. But sometimes it's not even the sins, it's the situations that we're going through. Maybe we're not doing anything wrong, but situations happen in life and they can be overwhelming. God offers us a peace and a joy through the hard times when we chase after him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, God says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Give you rest. He says, come to me. God doesn't say, all right, if you guys are, are pretty good, and you, do, you follow most of the rules, and you do what you're supposed to, then life will be easier for you. Then I'll give you my peace. Then I'll give you my joy. God says, no, 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 just, just come to me. Just come to me, and I will, I will give you rest. Throughout this series, through the week when Jerry talks and the week I talk, you might be starting to see where the theme is coming out, is, is we often get tied up. I know I have tied up in this, in this I, have to, I have to either do well or I have to get future, I have to be running after God and be in a different country or something. We have these big ideas of what we have to do. And Jared talked last week about our past sins dragging us down. And these are very, very popular ideas for a lot of Christians. But here, oh, it's not there. But in uh, verses 11, 28 through 30, and through Hebrews, in all of those verses, God, you, you see this recurrent theme that God says, he's not saying do all the good things, be the best person you can, and then I'll give you the rest, I'll give you the peace. He says, no, 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 come to me, and I'll solve all those problems. So I can't end my story at camp like that. That was a pretty crappy way to end it, right? I'm just sitting on my bed crying. The end. That's pretty awful. So we're going to continue. Um, as I sat there really contemplating and just in really not a very good state, God just said, Trevor, it's okay. Calm down. I've got you. And I kind of just sat there, and me and God had a little conversation. He said, Trevor, you're not, you're not going to beat these things. You're not going to... You're not going to beat them all. You're, in fact, you're probably going to beat very few of them. You're going to struggle with these the rest of your life. But it's okay. Don't go after your sins. Run after 
me. Little camper must have thought I was crazy. He saw me walk in, lay down calmly, start bawling, and then start smiling my head off. Um, but it was just quite the experience. It was just really, really amazing. Uh, there's nothing like that. Um, if we head down to our last slide, Jared last week had a point um, where he talked about how it's about, is your life relationship-centered or religion-centered? This one, I want to focus, shift the focus just a little bit and talk about, is your relationship with God based on what you do or based on what Jesus has done for you? That means, essentially, what I've been saying all night. Is it about things that you do? Is it about the actions you take? Is it about when you do right and when you do wrong? Or is it about the fact that the creator of the world came down from heaven and wants to have a relationship with you? Me and Jared will be back up again next week to talk a little bit more about what that means. But I think a lot of times it's very confusing. What does it mean when somebody says, a relationship with God. What, what does that, that mean? For a long time, I really just wanted to hear God come down and say, okay, Trevor, I'm here. Let's be buddies. We'll talk. We'll hang out. And I was waiting for some big moment. You hear stories of people who say, okay, I was off the path, and then God called me back. In fact, a lot of times, I would admit, sadly, to being jealous of some of the people with rougher stories because they would, they would say, okay, I had you know, this terrible life, but then, then I met and had this whole big experience. And often I felt that I just didn't feel God. I grew up in, in a church ever since I was little. And just, I always felt, I knew all the right answers, say all the right things, but I never felt that connection with God. A lot of other teachers or, or pastors will come up here and say, and it's very true, is just read your Bible and pray, and that's, that's very important. But a lot of the times it comes down to how we approach God, how we chase after God. Do we chase after God like the boss, like the ruler? God is in charge of us. He's in charge of the world, but that's not how he wants us to approach him. He doesn't want us to come up him like I would my boss at work. He doesn't want me to say, hey, what should I, what should I do? He doesn't want us to come up and say, okay, I need you to do this job, and then, and then I'll, be, I'll be happier with you. God really just says, I want to I wanna be your friend. I want to wanna get to know you more. Tonight, when we head out to small groups and uh, talk to people, it, this is a chance for everyone to really get with their group and say, what can we do with each other to improve our relationship with God? God talks a lot about moving in community with other people and growing with them. So tonight, I really, really encourage you to jump in your life groups and go out and take a bit of a risk, say something different, and, and do that tonight. All right, guys, uh, I think Eli's going to come up in a second, but before that, we're going to pray real quick. Dear God, I want to thank you again for this awesome, awesome group, God. You just love us so much, and you provided us just a wonderful opportunity to get to know you better. I pray that something that I said would, would have been what you wanted, and that would take something, God, and we would take that risk tonight. We would say something. We would join in community with our friends and just get to know you better. Thank you so much, God. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen.